On today's show, Drew Holiday has been announced in Boston. What do we take away from his first appearance with the Celtics? Uh, also, we want to take a look at the depth chart today. There's been plenty of chat online that I've seen. I'm going to ask Camille and Justin what they think potentially the Bucks need. And of course, uh, we're going to continue to look at the fifth starter. And speaking of fifth starters, I'm not sure if anyone heard Damian Lillard talking about Marjon Beauchamp today, but we saw lots of excitement from Bucks fans after that press conference. So let's talk about Marjon today and potentially what he can do moving forward this season. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, it's Justin Garcia. And from a whole bunch of podcasts, the Tech Foul podcast every week, carry the G every single Monday covering the Packers. I know Camille has got the Brewers game on now, so there's probably a Brewers podcast <laughs> coming up soon. But most importantly, we locked on Bucks. It's Camille Davis. And we thank everyone for making Locked on Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday, particularly over the last week. It's been a big week for the show. Lots of people tuning in and uh, probably a lot of people finding the show for the first time. So if you have done so, we appreciate the support. Uh, Subscribe, turn the notifications on, drop a comment, a like, uh, rate, review, and do all those things because it's free to do. And I do get the sense it's going to be a big season on Locked On Bucks with plenty to talk about. Uh, Starting right now, though, with an old friend, who is no longer in Milwaukee. And I want to walk through a couple of the things we saw uh, today, Camille, and I'll throw to you. Firstly, uh, when you see Drew Holiday and the practice photos coming out and he's in the Celtics uniform, it just feels wrong. Justin's shaking his head. But what did you think, Camille? I mean, I mentioned it about PJ Tucker, where it's like, we have so much love for you, even you going to play in Miami and Philly. Uh, we still had some love for you. Drew going to Boston, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's one where you're like, did not, this is not the landing spot I really wanted for you. Selfishly, as a Bucks fan, did not want to see him in that particular shade of green. Uh, it, 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 I couldn't even bring myself to actually watch the introduction. I was like, not yet. I'm not ready to see yeah. the Boston introduction yet. Um, it's just, it's, it's so strange to, to see Drew over there with the Celtics, given the fact that for the last, what, golly, since Bucks really got back into the playoffs, it's been, it's been beef with Boston way back when, you know, Terry Rozier was cooking Eric Bledsoe. Like it's since those days and Kyrie in Boston, like it, it goes back to that point with at least this Bucks core um, with us having some hard feelings against Boston. So seeing him over there with the ops, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get used to. I wish him success in every game that's not against the Bucks. Uh, but yeah, that one's, that one's tough to, to get used to. Uh, Drew did mention the fact that basically straight away, he got a text message from Joe Mazzola who was telling him, this is what we want you to do in the pick and roll, which made me laugh a little bit. I think Drew Holiday uh, has probably made a career out of uh, dominating defensively off his own uh, ridiculous skills that he had. One thing that was funny, he did mention the fact that 
Uh, he was a Lakers fan growing up. Obviously, he's from LA. He said a lot of his family is going to be maybe disappointed or upset that he's playing for the Boston Celtics. Uh, what about the personal side, though, Justin? Because we discussed the idea that uh, 24 hours before the trade, the story comes out in the Journal Sentinel. He wants to be a buck for life. He never wants to play for another franchise. He wants to be in Milwaukee. And I did see a post uh, from Lauren Holiday today on Instagram, which was essentially on the, along the lines of there was no warning of this. There was no mention that he was even up for trade. There was no mention he was in discussions. I think over the offseason, we kind of gathered by some of the reporting going around that the Bucks were certainly making calls. What did you think of the business side of this then? Because I do think the timing with Drew making those public comments only to be traded 24 hours later, uh, that would be a, a tough pill to swallow, I imagine. And it is probably the the unfortunate side of the business. Yeah, that was the, the tough part um, for it to be one day that, that separated those two events. Um, and I, I did see the Lauren holiday post too. Um, and it, you know, it, it wasn't, I know some fans kind of took it as a, not attack, but like, man, the bucks really did us dirty here. And, and as she noted in her post too, like, this isn't looking for sympathy. This isn't pointing the finger. This isn't placing blame anywhere. It's just kind of pointing out, look, it, it's great that athletes get to live the lives that they do and they're paid a lot of money, but there is a personal side to this as well. And now our kids got to pack up and move and find a new school. And we had kind of rooted in the community. And again, I, I think what hurt them even more was number one, Drew won a championship here. Drew was beloved here and that they wanted to be here as, as invested as they were in the community. And, and for Drew to make those comments was what just made it all an unfortunate turn of events. Um, but look, I, I get it from the Bucks' perspective too that you, you can't approach Drew and tell him, you know, by the way, we're not trying to trade you, but if an offer comes about, like it sucks, man. You're the only one that we can really trade. We can't move Brooke or or Chris, and you're the only one with that salary. So not looking to move you, but FYI, you you could be moved. You, you just can't take that approach. And I, I think the other part too that that stood out was kind of hearing. Some of the stuff that Drew said at his Celtics introductory press conference, where again, he wasn't taking shots at the Bucs, but you could tell he is very motivated. And it's not like, man, the Bucs screwed me. I don't think that's his mindset, but his mindset is clearly like, you guys are going to miss me. And I'm going to remind you that, that some of the stuff that he said there, even joking of, I'm finally on the right side of this rivalry between the Bucs and the Celtics. He's going to be very motivated, especially the four times the Bucks play the Celtics. So, Camille, two things to that. Firstly, I think Justin hinted at it, but I think if we sit back, you say, okay, well, firstly, this sucks uh, for the, the personal side of things. But secondly, the Bucks kind of, you have to do your business this way. I mean, maybe there's, there's other ways you can go about it. But ultimately, if you're trying to pull off a trade like this for a player like Lillard, this is kind of the way that it is going to go. And it is unfortunate. Uh, secondly, how scared of you of the Drew Holiday revenge games this season? Because I do think naturally, again, and maybe more so, I, th I think Drew Holiday, certainly from what we've seen and heard over the years, is as competitive as anyone, uh, regardless of any type of motivation. But I would have to imagine there is some deep motivation to play the Milwaukee Bucks this season, even if he loves the guys and the franchise and the city. I think that adds to it even more. Like, you yeah. know, a lot of people are driven by spite or bitterness or hate, but 
when you had a lot of love for something and you, you it, it's taken away from you, I think that even adds a different level of motivation, like you were mentioning, because I mean, Drew mentioned the fact that he still gets up to play Philly. <laughs> like yeah. he was drafted to Philly years and years ago, and he was still like, I look forward to playing against Philly. Like it's still on my mind. I still am getting up for these games. So he is going to be extra motivated to go up against the Bucks every single matchup. It's already being, you know, projected that we're going to see each other in the playoffs, which, you know, I hope, I hope it's a season of health for everybody in the league here. This is, there are some people who are like, oh, well, so-and-so is not going to make it. I want everyone to make it. I want it to be a very healthy season. And Drew is going to cause some problems. I was having a debate on Tech File last night. We were arguing uh, over what, who's the better team in the East as currently constructed Milwaukee or Boston. And I was mentioning that, in Boston now with Drew Holiday being there, we know they lost some of the, the front court depth, you know, with Rob Will being gone, having to depend on Porzingis, having, you know, an older Al Horford, but you have Drew at the point of attack with Derek White as well, which helps make up for that a little bit. Like if you can stop him from getting back there in the, in the first place, it does wonders for your defense. And if you put Drew in a situation now where he's a third option and there are going to be some Bucks fans who argue that he was a third option here, and others will say he was the second option. And over the last two years with Chris's injuries and whatnot, I'd argue that Drew was probably the second offensive option for a majority of that time. And we saw his playoff performance where the offensive numbers regressed to Eric Bledsoe levels. And with that being said, we understood that he said after championship run where he's like, I'm trying to play the best defense that I can. And I don't have as much to give offensively. Like I'm going to shoot when I'm open. But, like, I'm spending so much energy defensively, I don't have as much to give offensively. And I do wonder with him going to Boston now, playing behind two dynamic guards with Tatum and Brown, uh, the offensive load should be less on his shoulders in Boston than it was here in Milwaukee. And with that, I just wonder how much more is going to free him up defensively. And if he also you have that factored in with the fact that when he sees Milwaukee, he's going to have a point to prove. Like it's going to be fireworks for sure. Like he's going to be looking at Dame. Like, I mean, you took my spot and it's just when you trade for somebody at the same position, pretty much straight up in the sense from what the Bucks got and what Portland got in that situation. It's like, there's going to be extra motivation and Drew Holiday motivated. That's going to be a, a beast to, to play against. Yeah. And I think uh, to your point, about the offensive stuff, Justin, uh, kind of referenced it on yesterday's podcast. If you missed it, go back and check it out uh, across Overwood locked on Celtics. So I, I think there will be significantly less offensive responsibility, Justin, because the other guy we didn't mention, and I know a lot of people will immediately point to the health side of things, but Paul Zingas, incredibly talented offensive player. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, look, it, it's easy to, to, Take some digs at Chris Tapps Porzingis, and he's certainly not a, a proven playoff player. I will acknowledge that. Um, but I, Drew is is really some nights the third, some nights he's going to be the fourth option, at least in the regular season. Um, so that is going to spare quite a bit because I, I think the point that Camille made is a good one, and I had said it before too, that you know I'm not going to dispute that Drew's numbers massively dropped off in the postseason. He did hit some big shots, mm -hmm. but a lot of times that was part of a like four for 17 shooting performance, but he did so much defensively. And the other point of, you know, he, he had to shoulder a lot, especially the last two playoff runs when 
Giannis was not 100% in that series against the Heat. You didn't have Chris Middleton in the series against the Celtics. That kind of that takes away from the offense as well. But the other part that I keep coming back to, and I don't know if some Bucks fans that are taking the opposite view here are, are really taking all this into account, is not only do I think Drew is asked to do a lot more offensively with the Bucks than he will be with the Celtics, you can't compare the two offenses, at least that version of the Bucks pre-Dame Lillard to what they had, you know, what they have now, because you can say who's going to de- defend Giannis and, and Chris Depp's Porzingis can't do it. Al Horford can't do it. I don't deny that. I, I don't know where the defense is going to come from Giannis. But Giannis is not at this point the half court threat that a guy like a Jason Tatum is. And that changes things too, because well, Giannis I don't can know. score. I don't know. I don't know if I agree my, with that. my point is th- well, my point is this. When you shut things down around the rim and when you say, okay, fine, Giannis is going to get that, or even Giannis can score, but how are you going to defend us and we're hitting threes? That changes things too, that you can't make that trade-off. And until Giannis really develops that game further away from the rim, Dame is going to help quite a bit with that conversation. But when we're using the old model, that was the problem, was it was difficult to get those shots. And in turn, you had to ask a lot of Drew Holiday to create. So, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I disagree with the half-court stuff with Giannis because I think he's as big a problem as anyone. But to your point... The, the part of what you just said that I, I really do agree with is that is why when there's any conversation about should, it, should the Bucks have made the trade, of course they should have made the trade mm-hmm. because they didn't have enough else offensively. And I think maybe that's that's what you're getting to there because with Giannis, he can create as much as he wants. But we've watched this team for long enough to know that there wasn't guys out there that were making shots, particularly if Chris Milton isn't at full health. So that's why you have to make the trade and you have to bring in Damian Lillard, even if it is at the cost Uh, of Drew Holiday. But I think that's going to be a conversation we'll have uh, right through the season. Let's get to the depth chart uh, next and make sure you let us know. Uh, It doesn't quite feel real till you see the player in their other uniform. So Drew Holiday, how did you feel uh, about seeing him out there today? But first, Bird Dogs. You know about Bird Dogs shorts. I love them. I've been talking about it for a long time on this podcast. And if you aren't aware of what Bird Dogs can bring to the table, they have the stretch car key shorts that it just they make they make it very comfortable. You can wear these shorts whether you're out for dinner, uh, playing sport, going to the gym, going on a date. It doesn't really matter. They're so versatile. They are ready for any occasion, which is exactly what you need when you're looking for a pair of shorts. Now, I understand that uh, maybe the weather taking a bit of a turn in Wisconsin, but I've been there for long enough to see that there are still guys out there that they like to show off. They like to wear their shorts in the cold weather. And if you're going to do so, I think it's a silly thing to do. But if you're going to do that, I would highly recommend that you buy Bird Dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash NBA or enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We can absolutely promise you that. Let's get to the depth chart. And uh, this has been a big topic of conversation over the last few days. The Bucs clearly rounded out uh, the roster for now by picking up campaign. That was a big hole uh, in the rotation that they had. They needed a backup point guard. So that's a significant addition and a guy that has played 
you know, big playoff minutes over the last few years. So campaign is going to be nice. But I, I screenshotted this from CBS just so I didn't forget anyone here. But if we go to the four starters, Lillard, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, uh, Pat Connon and Bobby Portis, the guys that return. Jay Crowder is there as well. Campaign, we already mentioned. Malik Beasley and Marjon Beauchamp. I, when you look at the depth chart, Camille, do you have any grave concerns about where the, the roster sits right now? Again, you always have to assume full health. Right. Assuming full health at this moment, I don't have any grave concerns, I would say. The biggest concern I had prior to this week was that we didn't have a backup point guard on the roster, and that campaign signing does that. I know there were some folks hoping that it was Bullock who was signed uh, in that last roster spot, but uh, campaign's a bit younger. Uh, He's positional need as well, Um, and I think that kind of tilted the scale, at least for me, of wanting campaign more than Reggie Bullock, but um, I don't really have too many concerns. Of course, we're, we need help to go our way. Um, I know it's a lot of Bucks fans who look at, you know, Boston and they point out the fact that Al Horford is 37, but Brooke Lopez isn't that far behind him. Um, so like if I had any other concern, it would just be around the front court because if we have an injury to Brooke or Giannis or Bobby, um, it changes the equation uh, a lot. Like we know that Jay is theoretically a four. He he can guard a four, uh, but he's undersized. We have Robin Lopez, but I'm looking at Robin in that uh, Myers Leonard role where it's like, you're just here, break glass in case of emergency. And if we have to break that glass, like it's not, <laughs> it's not a favorable situation for us. So like if I had to pick a position, like a part of the roster where I'm like, ah, this makes me a little bit worried. Um, I would go there, although overall, assuming health and everything, um, I'm pretty comfortable with the depth chart and the way the roster is constructed. Uh, Justin, who is the biggest wild card? Or what player on October 5 do you think can have a bigger impact for this team moving towards the postseason? Jay Crowder or Malik Beasley? Mm. Uh, Jay Crowder, I would say, because um, I know Frank expressed some concerns over Jay Crowder's listed uh, weight on the the training camp um, depth chart. And Jay did point out, I actually cut some weight, so I don't know if there was a, a little more sincerity with some of the heights and weights that the Bucks listed this year versus uh, yeah. years past. Um, but look, if Jay Crowder can get back to not – even being elite, I, I don't think anybody's suggesting that, but if he can get back to being able to defend up and hold his own on the perimeter and take on some wing assignments, that is going to be huge for this team. Malik Beasley is great, but also the the addition of it and the shooting, I should say, is great. But it also kind of changed when you brought in Damian Lillard and that what you're going to ask of him drastically changed because you know you, you think about where we were, what, two weeks ago, when we were talking about, well, Malik Beasley, some of the spacing that he's going to get playing with Giannis, and that could help out. And some of the young guards that some of them rookies, if if they can rapidly develop and, and talking ourselves into what type of impact could Ty Ty Washington have. Now you bring in Damian Lillard and that changes all of that. And I think Malik Beasley may be the guy that, that feels it the most because I said Jay Crowder is who I would side with. And also the other name and, and the X factor Look, it, it's it's the same guy that I think most people have been saying for two years now, and, and that's Marjan Bochamp, because 
I think the door is wide open for him to be your fifth starter, knowing that that spot is just going to need to defend and hit open shots. He showed you some flashes last year. And the other part of it is if he can show that progression and, and he gives you that confidence of, okay, maybe he's certainly not drew levels of defense, but this guy can take on some of those assignments as well. That changes things for the bucks. Is Malik Baisley Camille. And I really, I only just thought about this. I, I think we've probably had this discussion a, a couple of times, particularly when the Bucks signed him because he was a low cost signing and I think when we were looking back at free agency, it was kind of a, a nice name for the Bucks to pick up. At that point, you're probably really searching for offense. Now you feel probably a little bit better or a lot better about what the offense could be capable of with Dame on the roster. So I don't know whether I can see Malik Beasley starting, but would he be the most talented off-the-bench scorer, just scorer, the Bucks have had since Giannis has been around. (laughs) I'm trying to think of all the names in my head of some of those not-so-great teams. But just as a straight-up scorer, because let's be honest, if he's coming off the bench, that's going to be his role. It absolutely will. I'm trying to think. I can't, like, no one's coming to mind immediately. Like, the only player that actually came to mind is somebody who was, like, off the bench, go and get buckets is actually Bobby. I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) That's a great – that actually actually is a great call. As a guard, maybe, Camille? But, yeah, Uh, as a guard. And also, way to undersell uh, Greg Monroe, too. (laughs) He's Well, he was a starter, wasn't he? He came off the bench. Well, he came off the bench that last year. But, no, Greg Monroe wasn't. Jason Terry. Yeah, no, there's no other guard I can think of, though, that has that type of scoring punch in him to come off. I mean, we had yeah. we had Brandon Jennings for a, a few weeks there, like, theoretically. Yes, yes. Uh, that's and Shabazz we, Muhammad, too. I mean, right. that's, that's... Right. Theoretically, we had some guys who could do it. And I guess at this moment, since we haven't seen the Bucks play at this point, Beasley is also theoretically uh, someone who can fill that role. But if he does what we expect him to do and we've seen him do over the last few seasons, I would absolutely say he is, you know, just the best scorer we've had off the bench so far from a guard position. I think there might be upside for both Malik Beasley and Jay Crowder. So let us know in the YouTube comments. I might put that up uh, as a question. Who do you, who have you got uh, more hope for in terms of becoming a, a real impactful player this year for the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, Marjan Bochamp, I know Bucks fans want to hear about him. Damian Lillard was glowing in his praise. Marjan Bochamp, which got a lot of people excited. So we'll get to that after we talk about FanDuel. And uh, NFL season is well and truly underway. And you can snap into the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And while you can focus on the NFL stuff. You can also go to the NBA and that's what we like to focus on on this show and the NBA championship odds. The two favorites, both at plus 380 to win the NBA title, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, two teams that we're going to be talking about a lot on this podcast. I get the feeling this season, but the app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Uh, let's not mess around here, Camille. Marjan Bochamp. My boy. Someone, that's, <laughs> someone that there is very high hopes for. 
uh, we've said it endlessly, a really, really easy guy uh, to support and want to see succeed. He seems like he works his absolute butt off every time he's out there. He's highly motivated. Uh, no surprise that he seems to be a guy that Giannis uh, would like to, to work alongside as well because of the work ethic stuff. Damian Lillard today singled out Marjan Bochamp, said that he was so impressive, pointed to the skill set, the size, the scoring ability, the athleticism, and then said he's the type of guy that he would draft if he was a GM and he understands why the Bucks took him. Uh, is this Damian Lillard uh, still figuring out his place in Milwaukee and just being very, very positive? Or do you walk away saying, hey, if Dame said this, Marjot Bochamp's in for a big season? Damian Lillard is not somebody who has ever come off to me as somebody who was just going to talk to talk. Like, Damian Lillard is somebody who is a pretty, you know, he's going to be a straight shooter for the most part. He's going to tell you what he's thinking for the most part. He didn't have to say Marjan. He could have said Chris. He could have said somebody far more established who he's been watching for years, but now he gets to peek back behind the curtains. Like, Giannis was an answer that the I couldn't tell who the media reporter was who asked the question. So, like, aside from Giannis, who is it? Uh, because that's the easy answer to say is Giannis. So, for him to pick Marjan, it it's another sign of a good summer of Marjan. We we saw it earlier, you know, him going to Greece, working with Giannis. We saw a summer league. We saw some flashes there. We also saw, you know, those young bucks not necessarily have it all together, but roster construction is a piece of that as well. We saw him at the Pro-Am, dropping was the 83 uh, in the Pro-Am game. Like It's been a good summer for Marjan from what you've been hearing about how he's been working to develop. He's mentioned that he got a little bit stronger not the stereotypical 15 pounds of muscle you always hear. He said probably about eight, if I'm being honest here. So, like, it's a good <laughs> summer. And we heard Coach Griffin say himself that op- that starting shooting guard spot is open. And Marjan himself said, I'm coming for it. I want that spot. And I think this level of competition, in addition to the summer that he's had, is really good. So to hear Dame just kind of be like, well, I mean, the length, the size, he has the physical tools, which we saw as well. But to hear Dame say, like, he's kind of starting to put some of this together – uh, it, it's it's exciting to hear as a Bucks fan for sure. But again, you take everything with a grain of salt. Again, I don't think Dame is just talking to talk off the side of his neck, but we have to see it on the court in real time. We have to see who wins that starting guard spot as it is as well. If Marjan can win that spot, that's just like a, like to end the summer of Marjan with a starting spot, like that would probably be ideal for him. And then it's like, whoa, you've made it to this point now. What can you do with this next step? And that's the part that gets me most excited. Like, what are we going to see in that actual on-court performance? Because if I could pick uh, a dream fifth starter, I would say Marjan as well. Because, like, again, athleticism, the the physical tools that he has, the ability to play some defense. And we've been Bucks fans for a while. There was a while here where, you know, Tony Snell was our fifth starter. And we were arguing, like, it makes sense because his usage isn't going to be great as it is. We don't necessarily need another offensive dynamite out here. And now you have Dame with Chris and Giannis and Brooke. And that fifth starter is going to be the fifth option uh, in all likelihood when it comes to that offense. So why not see if, you know, we got somebody on the bench here who's young, <laughs> you know, who can play some defense. If he can also knock down some open shots, you know, that's going to be beautiful. And we don't know how this offense will look with off ball movement with sets. Um, so it'll be really fun to see. And I'm hoping as well as a lot of Bucks fans that it is Marjan who, who takes that. 
Well, he's the high upside guy. So it, it makes sense that Bucks fans would be hoping for this, Justin. Me and Marjan pretty similar, by the way. Both put on eight pounds over the summer for me, not in a good way. If you uh, – the, the only thing I like have a little bit of concern about, it feels like in a weird way there is a lot of pressure on Marjan. And I think part of that comes because – he knows he's going to have to earn the minutes. So he he does feel like the type of player that can push a little bit. We've spoken about the emotional roller coaster a little bit. And I do have just a little bit of a concern. If it doesn't work out well to start the season, he could find himself pushed back into rotation just by virtue of there is good depth on this team. And even though for some reason there seems to be a question about the depth, I really like it down to 10 or 11, uh, 12 guys. AJ Green, just we haven't even spoke about, even though he played a fair bit last season. So... Any concerns about the pressure that might be either externally or or maybe, I'm, I assume, what he puts on himself entering this season? Um, it's a good question. I would say not as much like if Marjan was a rookie, then yes. that Then you're asking a ton of, of Marjan Bochamp. But I think we've seen some of the progression. And even last year, you know, guys said, I don't think, to Camille's point about Dame, you know, I don't think Drew Holiday is another one of those guys that'll just say something to only gas up his teammates. Like he'll say something that's calculated and he means. And, and Drew was a guy that spoke very highly of Marjan and some of the things that they would see in practice a year ago as well. So my concern would be much, much greater if if Marjan was a rookie and didn't have as many of those reps and and some chemistry with this team. Um, so that's not as much of a concern to me. I am curious to see how how Adrian Griffin handles it, though, because, you know, if this was the previous coaching staff, I would guess Marjan would not be the starter on night one. That maybe eventually he works into that, but it's probably Pat Connaughton or who knows. I don't know about Malik Beasley just because of the offensive stuff that we said already, but I don't think it would be Marjan Beauchamp uh, on night one. And that's really the great unknown with, with Griff is not only that, but really everything. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, prior to getting Dane, we were talking about, well, how different is this offense going to look? And what are some of the things that Adrian Griffin is going to look to focus on that maybe Bud didn't? And I think we heard small glimpses of some of that stuff uh, at media day when, you know, he kind of talked about defense and the absence of Drew Holiday. How, how do you account for that? And, and his thing was, well, we're going to be prepared and, and we're going to know the opponent's tendencies. It was the opposite of we heard from the old regime where it was, hey, we just focus on, on what we do and we continue to develop our strengths and, and build those good habits. And Adrian Griffin was like, we're going to be prepared. We're going to know their tendencies before they do it and, and anticipate things. And that's how you can make up for some of this stuff. So that's a big one. And also, how does he play these young guys with their development? I, I think the acquisition of Damian Lillard changed a lot in that a lot of these guys are going to play a lot of their games for the herd now versus the opportunity maybe being there a week ago to, to kind of slowly bring some of them along. Um, but the whole package of, of what does Adrian Griffin do with the young guys to me is really the bigger thing to watch aside from just how, how awesome is it going to be to watch Damian Lillard 82 times a year? Even though the Bucks did look like they took a, a little bit of a different approach in terms of filling out the back end of the roster with some of the young guys uh, you mentioned there, you still Obviously, swap Lillard for Drew. They're the same age. You bring in Campaign, who's an older player, who is going to he's going to play. And then all of a sudden, you look at the rotation, and it is uh, older on the older side of things again. Even though it looked like the Bucks changed their approach, so we'll leave it there for today. 
Uh, let us know what you thought. Drew Holiday in Boston, the Bucks depth chart in general, the Malik Beasley, Jay Crowder question, I think is a fascinating one. We're going to continue to, uh, to discuss uh, all those topics. And then Marjan Bochamp, I do get the feeling there is a lot of positivity. So I assume a lot of Bucks fans are going to be excited uh, with what they heard from Damian Lillard uh, today. So uh, Justin and Camille, the first time we've had the, the triple threat podcast for a while. Uh, we always uh, run through 30 minutes pretty quickly when we're all together. We appreciate both of you guys. Camille, carry the G, Tech, tech Foul podcast on fire. Justin, preseason basketball this Sunday, the first post-game show of the season is going to be coming up to start the week uh, next week. So there's plenty happening here on Locked on Bucks. Like I said, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe, turn the notifications on, and we will have another show tomorrow. We'll speak to you all then.